think it's when we say amount while also having a stroke. Oh, yes, right. I had a stroke. Well, what, what size is the pain on? Maybe the stroke will fix the pain. <laughs> See, like, I did have a headache on the left side of my head, but uh, it's fine because I can't do the dead track no more. Yeah, so uh, this is the podcast Just Don't Know, where each week we pick a different topic that Jess isn't, uh, you know, fluent in. Not well versed in the knowledge of. What one might say. And then we uh, we discuss it. Uh, I'm Kyle. And I'm Jess. And this week we're doing uh, Pixar's uh, Turning Red. I'm excited for it. Yeah, so, uh, you know, to get ready for this, we watched the movie, I think, four times, eh? Yeah, I think we watched it, yeah, yeah, four times exactly, to make sure we really got all the details. Yeah, and you know what? Like, uh, it's it's the kind of movie where it's really not that hard to watch four times. No, it was it was a good movie. Yeah, um, it, uh, it takes place in Canada, which is cool. Toronto, too. Yes, Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, um, like one of the first notes I have actually is it takes place in 2003's Toronto. Mm-hmm. 2002's Toronto. Oh, I thought it was 2003. I thought that's what I saw on the um, like the Chinese New Year card at the beginning. Maybe you're right, but at the end, uh, spoilers alert, obviously, we're going to be talking you know, in depth about this film. But at the end of the film, when the mom attacks um, the Sky Dome, there's a throwaway line where she says, people still refer to it as the, the, the Great Red Panda attack of 2002. Okay. I thought it said 2000. Maybe I just, like, I don't know. You know, we'll just say or 2003 so we can move along, okay? Yeah. But we were looking forward to this movie for a long time. Yes. We, we whip it on, and it starts in a very unique way. It's the first ever Pixar movie to actually break the fourth wall. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. When she's, like, walking down the street talking to people. Yeah, she yeah. thinks she's, like, Zach Morris or uh, Ferris what? Bueller. I, I loved that introduction. I thought it was so funny. And... Throughout watching this movie, she just, she reminds me a lot of a 13-year-old Jessica, mm-hmm. and I loved it. <laughs> no, I, yeah, no, I, she's definitely a, a really cool character, especially after her hair changes to orange. Yeah, the yeah. red looked good on her. It's a good, it's a good look. She got the red eyebrows, red hair. All right, so, yes, turning red. So it starts off with May talking directly in the camera. Walking down the street. And she's, uh... Being a cool kid, you know how it is. Initially, I didn't like that about the movie. It felt kind of... I always hate when characters break the fourth wall and start talking at you for two reasons. First off, it's lazy film you know, making. The, the characters shouldn't have to tell us about the, themselves. Yeah. We should just see it happen organically in the film. And also, it like takes you out of it. Because I know like movies aren't real, and even films that are based on real events aren't even real. You try to trick yourself into believing it's real while you're watching it, to an extent. So you can get emotionally invested into these characters. I mean, I guess I'm on the other side of that where I absolutely love when there are fourth wall breaks. I think that is comedy gold. Maybe I'm a simpleton, uh, but I remember the first movie I watched that uh, had a fourth wall break was, you want to take a guess? Empire Records? Emperor's New Groove. Oh, with Cusco. Yeah. I mean, that's a good example. Um... Literally, the movie has like that one wall break at the beginning and then she does it again at the end. Well, I mean, it probably helps that he's a llama. Uh, during the wall break, because yeah. yeah. if he was Cusco again, because <laughs> if he's Cusco again, and if they do the the um, the fourth wall break, you're like, oh, okay. So I'm assuming you're telling this in the past because you're telling the story, so everything yeah. turned out okay for you. Well, we know that everything's gonna. You don't know, man. Fucking, you know, Sh- Shrek really changed the game. Like, fucking, you think the character's gonna turn back into a human, 
ends up turning into a Shrek instead. You know what, though? That was to illustrate that, like, beauty is only skin deep. Like, Shrek saw her as beautiful in her ogre form. But Shrek's an ogre. It makes it would make sense for him. Yes, to, yeah. yes. And it's it kind of illustrates that, like, you don't have to be conventionally attractive <laughs> to find your true love. I know, but, like, ogres are a different species. They're not, like, haggard, gross humans. She probably like, she looked like a pretty hot ogre. It was it was pretty foreshadowed too. If you listen to the spell, oh, I don't remember all of it, but um, oh, by day one way, by night another. This shall be the norm until you find true love's first kiss. Then take love's true form. She took love's true form. And love's true form is green. I guess. Oh, Shrek is love. Shrek is life. So, yes, you know. Shrek. Hail Shrek. <laughs> Hail, Hail our Lord and Savior, Shrek Almighty. So, the, you know the curse in Shrek, like, love's true form. Do you think that if Shrek, for argument's sake, was one of the three pigs, okay? Yeah. And, the, like, the, the, we'll say the, the hay one. Mm-hmm. No, we'll say the brick one. He's the smartest. And she falls in love with the brick guy. And it's the same movie all the way through, but it's a pig instead of, like, Shrek, yeah. right? When they kiss, is she, what is she, is she turning into... Human Fiona, Ogre Fiona, or Pig Fiona? Fuck, man, I don't know. You're adding another layer to that movie, which also is not the movie we are here to talk about. I mean, how can you talk but about I guess because Take about... Love's True Form, she would turn into a pig like him, or he yeah. would turn into a human. So it's just like a coincidence that her, like, yeah, ugly she, form like, falls was over. Oh, it just worked out, yeah. yeah. So then we get a bunch of, like, test footage of her, like, doing handstand, leaning on the CN Tower... And the, the film starts. Yeah, I love that. I feel like it would have worked better for, like, um, a TV series. You know? It's a bit jarring when uh, it happens in a movie, but it's fine. It's like, I, I like the movie at the end of the day, so it's not. we don't have to keep harping on this. Yeah, so, like, I feel like it tackles a lot of things that kids go through at that age. Mm-hmm. In, like, a very entertaining and, like, tactful way. Like... They don't be around the bush about certain things. Like, in the film, we see pads. We see gyration. Yeah, um, and, like, pads are actually mentioned by name. Like, it's not just, like, a product you're seeing on the screen. But in its Disney way, they still they still beat around the bush in ways. Like, I don't think they ever say period. They never come out and say period, but they show the pad. Yeah. So it's, like, our period Did the red sh- peony bloom? Yeah, so, like, our period's something that should be we should be ashamed of as a society. It's something we should be embracing and talking more about. Just Disney, Walden on the line. Yes, but I will say I really like that they did tackle that. You know, it's it's good for girls to see because there is a lot of shame behind getting your period. I'm glad they did, too. I have zero issues with it. At the same time, did I get a little icky and uncomfortable? Yes, but maybe the issue with that is because growing up... Because, yes. There was no turning reds for me. Yeah, this was not something we talked about. It was turning the eye. Well, like, I I can remember. I walked into the girls' bathroom in, like, seventh grade, (laughs) and there was, like, a sixth grader in there, like, a girl a year younger than me, and she was crying in the bathroom, right? Uh, She didn't know why she was bleeding. I was like, what the fuck? Like... Why did nobody talk to you about this? This is like, so, you know, I had to be that nice person. Where I was like, oh, you know, it's okay. This happens to everybody. Happening yeah, no. And that's like really sad. And then like also when this starts to happen, you know, they use the panda as a euphemism for the, um, like her actual period. Okay. okay. See, I'm glad you brought that up because I actually wanted to discuss that a little bit um, after you finish your thought about, do you think it's 
about having your period or just about puberty in general? I think it's puberty in general. Yes. And we'll get a little more into it later on. Yeah. There are a lot of parents who just elect not to tell their kids about it because they don't want to admit that their kids are growing up. I mean, that was definitely the, that's, that's, that's what I felt like was the driving force in this film. But I mean, like another factor is like, it's that it's that it's makes some parents uncomfortable. It's a sensitive topic, but it's only going to get better the more we talk about it. Yeah, so these in the film, you know, uh, every girl in um, Mei Ling's uh, family tree gets turned into a giant red panda when they become too emotional. And at first glance, you're like, okay, only the females, giant red, red panda. Yeah, you it, know. it turns brown if it's out too long, it gets smelly. Uh... <laughs> Giving him a death stare. Yeah. I can feel it. Oh, her red panda's coming out. Oh, no. Outside of those two, outside of the mom thinking it's the period and outside of the panda being red, it everything else kind of applies more to uh, puberty. Like, I don't know if you've caught... You... No, it does. It definitely does because a part of it is that she's also really hairy and smelly, which, hey, you get hairy and smelly during puberty. Like, hairy, like, for sure. And then the smelling one I was going to bring up, she puts deodorant on her forehead and she gets, like, uh, really horny. Yes, that is also something that happens. And I just watched a Snapchat video about this guy who's 27 and never went through puberty. I only watched a few seconds of it, but he mentions that, like, he's like, I like girls. I don't not like girls, but, like, I don't pursue them because it's not, like, enough on my radar. That's weird. He's never been through puberty and he's, like, a full-fledged adult? Yeah, he looks like a giant, like, tw- like, he sounds like, he's and he's going on about how, like, oh, I can't get a job because no one thinks I have experience. Everyone thinks I'm a kid. Like, I sound like a... I don't even sound like a man. Like I never had facial hair. Yeah, one of my notes is um, she's doodling cute boys, and then I have oh, that brings me back. Also, another aspect is she's feeling embarrassed for even liking boys in the first place. Like when her mom finds out. Yeah, because she wants to be her mom's like sweet little angel. You are your mom's pride and joy. Start acting like it. I'll be honest. That was out of her whole little rant. That was the one line she said that was needed, but didn't feel related. So as the movie's starting, um, we find out that essentially the, the you know the plot of this film is that she's a good daughter, she's a good student, but she's struggling to have her social life and her her puberty feelings like be a part of her yes. existence. Yes, she's very much struggling to be her own person and have her own identity because she works so hard to be a good daughter and a good student that she's not really being good to herself. Yeah, exactly. So I guess that's that's basically the you know the red panda uh, you know aspect of it aside. That's the general plot of this movie is that yeah. May finding becoming a woman and finding a way to balance all the things that are important to her in her life. Yeah. The parents they own a temple. It's um, a red panda temple. It's the oldest temple in Toronto. They pray to their ancestors and the red panda. It's funny to me that a part of one of her duties as the assistant temple um, keeper. keeper she has a dressed up in a cardboard red panda suit to like do like a little performance for the guests to get like yeah. donations. And that works on two different levels. Either one, they're like emotionally preparing her to be a red panda, like subconsciously being like, is it that big of a different man? It's such foreshadowing. Right? Such foreshadowing. It's like heavy handed. Yeah. At the same time, it's like, it's kind of cruel because if your child like had a weird, horrible like birth defect where they turn into a red panda. I'm going to trust you up like a red panda just because it's like for shits and giggles. And every time we see them, we're just giggling to ourselves being like, yo, she's going to turn into a red panda before she knows it. Yeah. It's going to fuck up her day. Dude, that's so fucking funny. And another thing I love about this movie is like, you think it's a throwaway joke, but then later on she she wears that outfit. Like every time there's a throwaway joke in this film, like the Timagotchi, a lot of things really, 
uh, it comes back around and becomes a part of the, the plot, which is always the best type of film, right? Uh, yes. Movie yeah, especially the Tamagotchi bit, which we'll address closer to the end of yeah. the podcast. That's a yeah. good idea, yeah. So then um, she finds out that there's, like, a concert. Yes, this uh, boy band that the girls love. Um, so May and her three friends, Priya, who is... Oh, she's Indian. Abby, who's Korean. Yeah. Miriam, who... I don't think it's ever really established what ethnicity she's supposed to be, but she's Caucasian. What would you guess she is? Well, because she's a ginger, I would probably say that her lineage is somewhere from the UK. That's a good guess. Uh, she's Jewish. Jewish. Okay. Yeah. And uh, we, we... That yeah. makes a lot of sense. Why? Because of her, her nose, Jess? Oh, no, no, no. Just because where we live in Toronto, yeah. there's a huge, like, Chinese and then Jewish population on, like, either side of us. Yeah, and I just, like, I don't want to be the, the fussy old man, but I, I, I want to, I, I feel like I should say this at least one point in the podcast. I really think it's true. I think it's really true to the form that they finally come out with a Toronto-based, like, Canadian-based Pixar movie. And, uh, you know, Canada being a, a white-colonized country. I love that, like... It's very multicultural here, though, okay? I know, I'm just saying, it's just funny to me. It's like, hey, it's Toronto. It's, it's Our star is an Asian person. Every character is Asian. It's like, I checks mean, out. Yep, that's true. Maybe yep, if, the movie was, if the movie was set, like, 150 years ago, yeah. yes, there would be a lot more white people. Mm -hmm. But now Canada is so multicultural that... Well, that's just not feasible, especially it's a big old in big cities. Here. Big old garden salad, Canada. Yeah, big yeah. old garden. We just toss everything around. We're all mixed together. We love one another because we're Canadians. Hey, look, there's a tomato. Hey, look, there's a red panda. Hey, look, is that a green olive? Ooh, yummy. What's the green olive in your in your um, in your euphemism here? I'm just curious. Oh, Greeks. 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 That's why. See, that's why I was asking. And then, like, the Greeks who have darker skin are the black olives. Oh, you know. I like that. I like that. <laughs> That's tasty. Who's the croutons? That's like white bread, right? Yeah, that is that people. is like the British descendants. Yes. AKA Moi. And is the lettuce is the lettuce a, uh, a race or is that like that's Canada? Like lettuce. The is lettuce the is the land. Yes, the okay. lettuce is the land. I love it. Is that why so much of the lettuce in, in salads nowadays is has been like torn up and ripped off and turned brown? Yes, yes, yes. Also, to add to that, add to it. I feel like the natives would be like a different kind of lettuce because like they were here first. They the, that's what I'm saying. They're the first. lettuce that like at first like that's the main lettuce they use, and then as each year you, you goes order on, a garden. We salad. just like get different kinds of lettuce in there. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Okay, we're um, like so off topic. Yeah, we're a hot topic. So the little girl, um, she starts drawing uh, horny pictures, and the mom finds them, and she she goes, "Oh, that's a that's a guy I recognize because she got a crush on a guy." Yeah, she yeah. Um, an employee at like a convenience store. AKA Daisy Mart, which is, uh, I feel, very iconic to Canada. Yeah, um, actually, since you brought it up, I actually have a list. And I'm sure I missed a few things, but here's a list of all the real Canadian. So um, she me mentions a bunch of provinces uh, in class. Yes, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, New Brunswick. I think it was, are you sure? I think it was Manitoba, Alberta, Saskatchewan. Maybe you're right, actually. Maybe, Maybe. you're right. Doesn't matter. Uh, Daisy Mart. Daisy Mart, yeah. She calls someone um, a hoser. A hoser. Also, uh, when they're going through like her her grades, it's a montage at the beginning. Mm -hmm. There's French homework where Trey Bien is written on it. And I'm sorry for any uh, French Canadian listeners. 
I do not speak French. That was a terrible accent. That was I'm amazing. Aware. I I thought you were a Frenchman for a sec. I was like, where did my Jesse go? <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's like a thing in Canada we do is we have like French class is something you learn. And uh, here's one thing I wrote down that I'm pretty sure is not a thing any real Canadians ever said before, but I've seen in so much of media like uh, okay, what is it? SCTV and whatnot. Hoser. She calls someone a hoser. You know what? I think it's because of where we live and grew up. Mm-hmm. Hoser's not like a popular term, but I think more on the um, West Coast. Sure. And like the more Midland provinces. That's... Maybe. Maybe you're right. I buy call bullshit on that. There's no way Mei Ling, the 13 year old Chinese girl, is like saying, I didn't hear the term hoser until I was like an adult. And I was like, oh, what's that? And it's like, oh, it's a Canadian term. It's like, no, it's not. But they got yeah. whole yoga hosers. You got. SCTV, you know, Bill and Doug, Mackenzie, like... Yeah, but see, those those guys aren't centered in Ontario. They're, like, what, Alberta, Saskatchewan? Like, those yes. are... That's our, like, south. Alberta, Saskatchewan, know, that, that's our country provinces. I, t- I totally hear you're saying, but what I'm trying to say is, like... I feel like the same way, like, we assume toga parties are a real thing. I'm, I, I feel like that people do in, like, frat houses. Yeah. I feel like it's that's a thing that's only ever been on TV... And the same way we've seen Bill and Doug McKenzie say hoser, I, th- I feel like we assume that's, like, a thing people say, but I feel like that's where it originated from. And we all just, like, retroactively were like, yeah, yeah, we've been yeah, seeing yeah, this the yeah. whole time. Yeah, totally. Uh, the CN Towers in the film, they have Timbits, which are uh, donut holes from Tim Hortons. Uh, the TTC, which stands for uh, Take the, the Car. The Toronto Transit Commission, which is, yeah. you know, the public transit system in Toronto. We just called uh, Take the Car TTC. It's a little bit of a hoser humor for you. A little Canuck joke. And then at one point, oh, the uh, Sky Dome. The Sky Dome and the CN Tower. Uh, yeah, and then there's a, a Blue Jay. The, like one of the last scenes. Oh, I didn't notice the Blue Jay. Yeah. Cool. Oh, okay. uh, sorry. And then um, there's $5 bills. They're blue. Uh, there's obviously Canadian flags, and she has like a Canadian flag uh, nighty she wears. Yeah, the Canadian flag. Oversized shirt. Yeah. What do you want to call it? Yeah, I love it. I love how, like, there was this curse that mom and dad both knew were coming. Oh, yeah. And they just were like, nah, nah, we have more time. We have more time. You always think you have more time with your kids, man. You gotta you gotta tell them the important stuff, man. It might have worked better as a movie if she was 11. Because I kind of get, like, 11-year-old going through puberty and you going like, That's oh, I thought I had more time. But, like, if your child has the word teen at the end of the number of their age... Yeah. Like, you're an idiot if you think, like, you have more time. Like, she's 13. She's not... Yeah, well, I mean... You know? I, I don't know what most other girls went through, like, got their first period. I was, I, I was nine. I'm assuming they were all around, you know, 12, 13. No, I know, but I'm just saying... I'm, I'm just saying, for argument's sake, like, if I have a, a child, yeah. I have a daughter, like, I have a daughter, and she's 13... And yeah, you're going like, to be like, okay, we got to start preparing her for these things yeah. that are inevitably going to happen. Yeah, so she fucking... But... Yeah. <clears throat> sorry, I'm interrupting you a lot, I've noticed. It's okay. i usually the one interrupting you all the time. I'm trying to really make a conscious effort not to do it. Thank you. Yeah. But it's only because, I, you know, I'm a man, and um, I'm better at explaining things. That's why I call it mansplaining, you see? <laughs> I'm trying to pinch his nipple, everybody. Ah, uh, get away. As a punishment. I know, I'm podcasting shirtless. Uh... It's so sexy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's looking at my red panda. Wave. Ow! Jesus I got his fuck. nipple. Okay. <laughs> now she got me. Okay, yeah, no, right? And then, like, they have to wait for a red moon to happen to do this ritual to, like, 
banish the panda spirit away, right? Yeah. yeah. A red moon happens like twice a year. So what if this had happened like two weeks after the last red moon? You're telling me this poor girl has to wait six fucking months? And like, it makes me wonder like, Mei Ling's or Mei's children coming up and like the children we like the, the old people who've died we haven't seen like how many people have like almost like when some, a, ch- a teenager gets pregnant and you lie about it you know like how yeah. many people have said like oh my kid has like cancer has stage 2 cancer like yeah that's why like she's home for, for the half next, a year yeah. half a year you know what I'm saying like you can't just keep kids home yeah for a crazy it's... amount of time uh, this movie's great I've said it a bunch of times but I'm only saying that because I feel like I'm going to start shit talking it soon uh, shiitake it soon, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, not an issue, but one thing I know about this movie is any possible realm of possibility, but with half an hour left to the film, it almost turns into, like, anything goes. It's just a madhouse. Like, any rules they've established within the the, the story, they kind of, like, get away. Because like Jessica said, the, you know, the, uh, the Red Moon comes and they imprison the panda in, like, Either um, a necklace or an amulet. Ear, yeah, some kind of, like, jewelry or item. And can I just throw this out there? You pointed out that all four girls, so she has four friends that just listed off, all four girls have friendship bracelets. Yes. Um, and a big part of the film is at the end, she, she really feels like she has to choose between her family and friends, and she chooses the panda, which is choosing her friends, because yeah. her friends want her to have the panda. See, I don't think it's... I don't think it's a message of choosing, like, friends over family. I think it's choosing to be your own person over being what everybody else wants you to be. Yeah, but you know what I'm trying to say? Like, the the roads that goes, like, your friend, her friends want her to be who she wants to be. Yeah, her friends, her friends are very supportive, which is, like, I feel like the most unrealistic aspect of this movie that, you know, you have three 13-year-old girls who just see that you are this giant red furry panda, and instead of being terrified of you, they're like, no, we accept you and love you as you are. Are you kidding me? Like That's unrealistic? That's not how 13-year-old girls work. I mean, no, but they, they hear me out. For argument's sake, let's say you're right, but let's say there's a secret like narrative to it where if you if, if one of your friends had a power, like had the power to turn into a giant panda and you fucking love the shit out of it, wouldn't you say everything that you think that she'd want to hear to, like, keep that up? Yes. No. They may have misinterpreted this whole friendship. Like, she's like, oh, they're so caring. It's like, no, they want your panda. But the point I wanted to say real quick is that I feel like it was a missed opportunity that May, her mom, and all the uh, – her mom's mom and all of her sisters, they all have, like, a necklace or an earring or a brooch that imprisons their panda. And I think that it would have been symbolic and would have went better with her rejecting uh, getting rid of the panda if – the piece of jewelry that like they settled on for her was like they just went in her room and they're like uh we'll take this and it's like her her friendship ring. so then when she's doing like the the um what's it called the ritual at the, the end ritual to like banish the panda spirit yeah she can see like the spirit going into the because obviously she has a falling out with her friends because it's a movie maybe she takes the bracelet off throws it on her desk and then her you know fucking cut up grandma comes in and goes we need something ah we'll take this and then yeah that's all i'm trying to say i'm just saying that's something i noticed that i think was a missed opportunity Okay, I can see that. So I can see that. they're at school. They need these tickets to this fucking boy band. A few girls catch that she has the panda. She got to keep it under wraps because... Um, you know, mom and dad are telling her that, like, the panda is dangerous. It's unpredictable. You know, you shouldn't let your panda out. So they start charging people to, like... To take, take photos, pictures with the panda. and merch. Yeah, buy panda merch. Like, all the kids in the school fucking love this panda. Yeah. So, as a movie, I thought it was really good. I think more movies should be like this. They said crap a bunch of times. They talked about periods. They, it didn't feel, but at the same time, it didn't feel pandering. 
I think uh, a lot of like young girls would get a lot out of this movie, and a lot of people yeah. in general. Like I'm not a young girl, and uh, I didn't find it necessarily that relatable. But it's a good movie. Uh, it's animated very well. This pr- the person who, who directed this knows what she's doing, and I look forward to more of her films. I give it. I don't know, four out of five stars, if not five. I don't get five out of five because that's insane. So four out of five. That's yeah. my review. So go ahead. Yeah, um, I liked it. I agree with you. I very much enjoyed this movie. I feel like it wasn't pandering, and I feel like it Pander- was... Sorry to interrupt you, but it, was, it wasn't pandering. Ha ha. <laughs> All right. Such a lame joke. Anyways, yeah, no, it was a great movie. I would definitely give it like four and a half out of five stars. I very much enjoyed it. Yeah. And you probably weren't able to relate to it because you're a boy, but I was watching this and I'm like, I see my cringy 13-year-old self in this little girl. Yes, that's so true. Yeah. Because, you know, like we said earlier, it's a really fun scene where she's talking to the camera and she's like, you know, I do what I want, what I want, like I'm an adult essentially. And then she's like, I'm just going to do a cartwheel with the fuck of it. It's just a cartwheel and she fucks it up. And then she goes, crap, and all the stuff falls out of her bag, and she's like, oh, no. I could see myself doing something like that. Yeah. And then, like we said, there's a scene where she's drawing a lot of inappropriate photos, and I didn't necessarily draw photos of people I knew, per se, but, like, when I was a young kid, like, I've always liked to draw. And, like, yeah, I would draw, like, <laughs> naked, like, drawings or naked fucking Bulma or some shit. And it was just funny to see that in a movie. Yeah. To have a character be as creepy and cringy as I was without them being, like, a villain. It's like, yeah, it's, it's part of... Growing it's up, you draw fuckers as... You draw you fuckers know as fucking mermaids. Whatever. I, I wasn't big onto drawing, like, sexy pictures. Yeah. But um, I would write stories about how fictional characters would fall in love with me. Yeah, we were talking about that earlier. She's, like, Tina from Bob's Burgers, and yeah. I'm, like, May from yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Bo- uh, Girl Luther. There's There's another 13-year-old that, even though, like, Bob's Burgers isn't realistic... I'm like, yeah, Tina seems like a very realistic 13-year-old, you know? Little boy crazy, you know, not really sure of herself. Active imagination still. I respect your opinion. I don't think any of those fucking kids in Bob's Burgers are kids. I mean, if you only look at those aspects, there are certain points where I'm like, okay, this isn't believable, but whatever. Like, it's it's Bob's Burgers. It's an adult show. Uh, You looking forward to the movie coming out? Yeah. Yeah. When's that coming? I don't know. Uh, so yeah, we we did the beat by beat of things we thought was worth mentioning. We we did the review. Uh, is there anything that you wanted to little get a little deeper in about the movie that you wanted to discuss? Well, I just have a couple other things here. Like um, I said this while we were watching it. So clearly they live in downtown Toronto, right? Yeah. Uh, what do the parents do for work? Because they own, at the very least, a three bedroom house. In Toronto, and it's not like it's one of those tiny houses where you have to suck your gut in to walk down the hallway. hallway no, they like, have ample room. Yeah, at one point she, they uh, they move her from her bedroom into like the extra room, and it's totally empty. I guess you assume it's like the dad's office that they they've taken the stuff out and put in the living room or something. But like office, like what does the dad do? Like, yeah, like it's never really addressed besides the fact that like their family owns like the oldest temple in Toronto. And I, I, I don't want to speak out. I, I don't know anything about temples, but I can tell you one thing. It's a religious landmark, so they don't pay taxes. So I bet you their houses, they probably don't pay property tax on their house either. Yeah, that's my point. And it looks like the, most of them, the income from the temple is from do no, do, donations uh, when they watch me doing her little panda dance. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's no, a good uh, question. Yeah, like, 
where are they getting money from? I guess the dad works while the... The mom but, looks like she would sooner work, though. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, she must be at home all day to watch over the temple, but... Well, I mean, based on the events that, like, she just randomly shows up to, like, May's school while May's in school to, like, bring her extra pads and stuff, she's a stay-at-home mom. Or yeah. a work-at-home mom. Not stay-at-home. She doesn't just... She or works. Or home is work because it's yeah. a temple. Yeah, no, I hear you. That, that was pretty funny to me. How, like, they, they just, like, have this huge fucking apartment. Yeah. Also, another thing I want to point out is, um... There's this one character that bullies May throughout the beginning of the movie. His name's Tyler. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, his parents are clearly very rich. He ends up giving May, like, just $200. One-fourth of the money she needs for the tickets. Yeah. Like, yeah. she could buy a ticket with what he gives her. Yeah. And, like, the scene to me is so funny because, like, they're talking about how they need, like, 100 more dollars to, like, buy the last ticket. Tyler's, like, spying on them under the bleachers. <laughs> And, like, then he's like, I need you to come to my party. I'll pay you. And May's like, okay, $200. And without skipping a beat, this kid's like, okay. What 13-year-old just has $200? Just, but, like, his parents are obviously it's more, loaded. Well, it's more than $200, too, when you think about it, because of inflation. Yeah, right? Okay. Yeah, so they're right there. Like, those tickets were too much money. Yeah. Like, and I, don't like think, I don't think Elton John would charge $200 for a fucking ticket. Right? Yeah. But, I mean, I'm sure... We probably should have done some research to see how much it would cost for, like, a Backstreet Boys ticket in yeah, the early they're, 2000s. they're obviously Backstreet Boys. Uh, Backstreet Boys, Sync. You know what? Because there's they... There's five of them, though. Oh, I guess NSYNC. Yeah, NSYNC. I mean, they're they're just a generic boy band. Well, they here's the thing. They are and they aren't because I'm under the assumption, after watching the documentary, turning... What was the documentary? Uh, Embrace the Panda. That... Uh, May is clearly inspired by the director and her experiences. Yeah, her so childhood ass- growing up in Toronto. Yeah, so I assume like anything that, thing that Disney doesn't own, like at one point they do like a Bart and Lisa joke where she named the two uh, stone pandas at the outside of the temple Bart and Lisa. And I laugh because I'm like, that's a 90s joke or a 2000s joke. I love it. But then I realized, oh wait, they own the Simpsons now. Yeah, they own the Simpsons. Like it was such a charming joke at first and then I'm like, oh, they actually, no, it's not like... They actually own the Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. So... I assume that, you know, there. I'm not saying, like, the events happened the way they happened. She didn't turn to a red fucking panda. But I assume, like, the Red Temple might be the Dragon Temple downtown. Yeah. Uh, the Red, I think it's actually the Red Dragon Temple. We can assume that she, there was a boy band she was obsessed with, her and her friends. Probably the NSYNC. Anyways, uh, by the end of the movie, it all kind of falls apart. Uh, you know, we're given the impression that throughout the movie that once you seal your panda up, that's it forever. Yes, that was another note I had, because... She was like, the mom was like, there's only one chance to seal the panda. And I'm like, you all release your panda and then reseal it. Like, that part is like, I guess, a continuity issue. Well, that's the problem I was trying to say is the movie, like I said previously, the movie sticks to its own rules up to a point where then it's just crazy. Like, Ming is as a red panda. She jumps into the air and then lands thousands of feet into the sky. Okay, as a red panda, she is like 300 times bigger than any other panda in the movie. Oh, I'm sorry, I meant to say May. But yeah, Ming, Ming, yeah, her mom. She's a yeah. fucking kaiju. That's jokes. And then, yeah, they're there. Like, you're supposed to, like, uh, accept in, like, um... You're supposed to accept her at Panda as a part of you. Like, the dad gives her a whole speech at the end where he's like, it's not about rejecting the bad parts of you. It's about accepting them and making them a part of your life. But then they get rid of the mom's red panda. Like, a lot of... Yeah, but that was mom's personal choice. The whole point... Hey, like... Jess. Hey, Jess. Yeah. Jess? Yeah. My panda, my choice. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing too. The movie ends with the main character being a furry. Yeah, because she constantly has her panda ears and her panda tail showing. Yeah, and that's what it's uh, a little weird. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, Anyways, you. Yeah, go ahead. I got off track with the whole Tyler thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, he bullies her, invites her to this party, and then, you know, the girls end up seeing Tyler at this uh, four-town boy band concert, mm-hmm. and immediately they adopt him. I think you said it, too, yes, but I got the impression that Tyler was, like, a little gay boy. He's definitely a little gay boy. Yeah. I will... Anyone can message me and argue otherwise. I, he's a little gay boy. If I had to read between the lines, I would argue that her her and her her little clique of friends are, for lack of a better term, I'm going to regret using this term, but for lack of a better term, like, the rejects, the, like, misfits. They're the odd people. They're, like, weird. Nothing bad about them, especially in the... With 2022 eyes, but this takes place over almost 20 years ago. Yeah, in like 2002, 2003. So, what I'm trying to say is the brown girl, they make it pretty clear that she's bisexual. They definitely make, like, hint at that she's definitely, like, part of the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. Um, without making it in your face. Yeah. Uh, I also really liked her because they didn't force her to be, like, this energetic, bubbly person. She was kind of, like, monotone and like straight face the whole movie yeah there really wasn't any real uh bubble like yeah like abby abby was like the high gremlin energy what i was gonna say so you have and i i'm only i don't know their names i'm bad with names so the brown girl was by priya was clearly uh priya was purely bisexual abby is a wild card in the sense that she's like a a, a complete fucking freak (laughs) that like could only be friends with the oddballs like she's insane she's she's so high like i feel like she has ADD or something. Like, ADHD. Like, she she is so high energy. She's, like, over the top. She's loud. She's eccentric. Hypersexual. Doesn't respect personal space. Assaults. Like, it will hit you, like, there's a handful of times. Like, she's crazy. Uh, And then, um, I don't want to get too much into this because I want to... Miriam. I want to make a fan theory video about it. But Miriam, I feel, I'm very confident, was intended to be a male to female transgender person. And, like, maybe they did do that. Like, you might be right. And then they might have backed out of it at the last minute because Disney was like, They backed out of something. They backed out of something because there was an article that came out saying that there was some gay LGBT thing that came out that Disney cut out of the film or didn't agree to. Oh. And when I first saw, like, the still to Turning Red, because it's because of COVID, it's now for, like, they've been doing it for, like, wanting to release it for a while. I'm not even trying to be, like, icky about it like the second i saw her and her four friends my brain just the way my brain works is i saw a boy i was like oh it's a boy dressed like a girl and like yeah i see it because her character design uh looks a lot like Liguini from ratatouille well, that's point I'm like she's make. got like the yeah. long skinny face the kind of like droopy mouth the bulbous nose like and just, like, the way a boy dressing like a girl would be, like, she has more jewelry and makeup on than her, overcompensating, like, compared to her three friends, she has way more jewelry yeah. and makeup, but she's a tomboy. So yeah. how does that make sense? Yeah, you're you're right. I mean, I do see some merits to it. I think she was just a tomboy. I, 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 that, see, the fact that you, like, it's fine, you're allowed to be titled your opinion, but the fact that you don't, it's not so blatantly obvious to everyone else blows my mind. There's literally character designs they have for Disney characters, Pixar characters. They don't really go stray away from how they make their characters. And she is like, there's even that Snapchat filter where you put the filter over you, and if it thinks you're a dude, you look like Abby or what's her name? Uh, Miriam. And if it thinks you're a chick, you look like a chick. Yeah. So then Tyler becomes their friend because he's he's a gay he's gay, and they're all like the the yeah. unique. And, uh, you know? Yeah, they're unique. They invite him into um, their little friend group, and what I like is that it's. 
it's not really in your face, but all four of the girls are wearing friendship bracelets throughout the movie. Yeah. Uh, and in the last scene with Tyler, Tyler, he has a friendship bracelet that matches the girls. And, like, that was just cute because it's a, it's a physical symbol. Like, you are part of our friend group now. Like, you are one of us, Tyler. Well, that just proves my point because I'm, sh- I'm sure I'm not speaking out of turn when I say this, but especially back 20 years ago, if you were a gay person and you knew someone else was gay, that official, especially if you were, like, a, a kid, that or, like, a teenager, I should say, yeah. Whether you guys have anything in common, that is now your friend. Yes. You are you are one of the handful because, of, of openly gay people. Yeah, because like you're not gonna find another openly gay person, even well, that's, if that's what I'm saying. The yeah. second they saw him at the concert and they realized that oh he's gay, they're like you're my come here, sister. Like I think they call him sister too. Like you're one of the girls. Now. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're it's... like we get it. You're gay like us. Like come over here. That's the thing too. He definitely was rich because he had the party. Uh, the girl was destroyed his basketball. He didn't care. He was gonna, willing to give her two hundred dollars, but also had two hundred dollars to go to the concert. So this, the parents gave him at least four hundred dollars in a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's uh, he's rich. He's a rich boy. Okay. That's pretty. Those are all the notes I have. So we can go over some fun facts now. It's the first Pixar movie to have a woman-led team. And I was gonna say, uh, it came out around the same time as Luca. Do you? Like you were talking about this earlier. Do you think that like they divided up the Pixar staff into boys and girls and like? You guys go off and make the the girl Canadian movie. You boys go off and make the uh, European boy. Italian. They're uh, Italian, Ta- yeah. Which is in Europe. Which is honestly another movie that we're going to have to cover because I liked Luca and Kyle has not seen it yet. Yeah, we're going to have to do a, 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 a Kyle don't know about it. Yeah, we're going to have to do one very, very soon. Yeah. Okay, so Turning Red had the best three-day opening in terms of viewers on the Disney Plus app. So yeah, I believe it. It did the best out of any new movie that's premiered on Disney Plus without the premiere access. I feel like outside of Black Widow, um, that's like one of the few Disney movies that they. I think Luca was released. No, Luca no, was in theaters, wasn't what I was it? Gonna, sorry, what I was gonna say is no, no, you're, yeah, was Luca was a was a was a sneak attack. Luke, we did we found out Luca, and the next day it was out. The point I'm trying to make is is that we've been talking about we've heard about we've heard about Turning Red for the last two fucking years, like we were all looking forward. That's why. So I wonder if they're gonna start doing that, like bringing out like movie, like mentioning movies two, two years in, and then not releasing it for two years, so everyone like watches it. Yeah, like it was really built up. It was. I I remember that I had been hearing about Turning Red for like two years, and I was kind of excited about it. It's way better than I, I don't judge a book by its cover. When I saw like the the teaser trailer, I was like, this looks stupid, but it was great. So. Color had a lot of symbolism in the movie. Can you think of, like... Well, you mean just the color red or other colors? Other colors. Um, okay. Specifically, they had May's color being, like, a bright, fiery red in, like, her yeah. outfits and stuff. Yeah. And then her mom was emerald green. Sure. So that they are on opposite ends of the color spectrum from yeah. each other. And all of her friends, they're all color-coded, too. They have... Uh... Uh, Priya's yellow... Fucking Miriam's green and Abby was like pink purple. Um, I wonder, did the boy have a color that I didn't notice? Was he like baby blue? I think or purple. Like... He was like a lavender purple. Like yes. he was purple too. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe the grandma had a color we didn't know. The dad was definitely white. He was always wearing like a white shirt and shit. Light blue. Dad, the dad. Oh, okay. Um. Well, why don't we play uh, a little game? We're gonna start playing. The Jess said we should play. Okay. Uh, guess the budget. Oh, guess the budget. I'm really bad at this game. And I think that obviously a part of it too would be like guess the um, like the box office as well. 
but it just doesn't have a box office. Exactly. So yeah. Uh, actually, you know what? It does have a box office. So with that in mind, that it's COVID times, and like it was released for free on Disney Plus the same time it was released in theater. First off, what's your guess for budget? Budget is it? It's not quite a billion dollars, right? Like it's in the millions. Yeah, yeah, is... no, yeah. They didn't spend a billion dollars making a movie. Okay, I don't so know how I much. Mean... I I have no idea how much movies cost to make. Never a billion dollars. Okay. Yeah. I I I don't even know. It's like a hundred million too much. So it's, it's how many guess. digits is it? Like, is it like a six figure? It's. Three numbers and then a million. Okay, so it's okay. like what, sixteen point five million? Or is it like a hundred million? A hundred million would be three numbers in a million, so what's your guess? Okay, so like two hundred and fifty million dollars? Okay. hundred and seventy five million. So okay. going off by fifty million. Okay. Well whatever. Yeah, and only fifty million. That's not a big number. No, no, no. So how many dumb fuck uh how many single dads got stuck with their kid and didn't have Disney Plus and needed to take them somewhere? What's the box office? Maybe they made like ten million. I don't think so. That's a good guess. Thirteen point four. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Nice. Crazy. All right, so um, that's our episode on Pixar's Disney's Red Panda. Um, Jessica uh, is running a Instagram account for the podcast. Why don't you plug it, girl? Oh yes, it is called Just Don't Know. I'm just pulling it up so I can give you the correct name. Yes, it's just Jess. Dot. Don't know. I love it. We're definitely gonna change it eventually, probably to like Jess. Dot. Don't. Dot. No. Dot. Just get some con- type of consistency to it. Okay. Um, the issue is there's some trifling whore bitch, some stupid bitch. Who stole the username from us? Cause she don't know. She don't know what world of reckoning she. She don't know. Um, I'm gonna make. Uh, I got a YouTube channel. Check it out. I'm gonna make a fan theory of. Uh, I got like three fan theories about this fucking movie that um, make videos about. So uh, definitely look for that. And then finally, um, check out the Eco Fifty Graphics uh, Instagram account if you want to buy official merch of Just Don't Know. Uh, we got they got yellow t-shirts that say just don't know on it um, we're gonna try to get more t-shirts out through eco 50 that relate to the podcast so definitely um, go there if you want to buy shirts anywhere between sizes small to extra large and then finally uh, we do have a, tw- a Twitter Twitter no we don't because Twitter's fucking stupid uh, we have a twitch though and uh, soon we're gonna be doing uh, what's it called man of Madden Mad- man of Madden I believe it's called it's Kyle started playing it a few days ago. It's really interesting. It's like um, like a story video game. The choose your own adventure, she means. Yeah, like a, a choose your own story adventure. Yeah. Super cool. Uh, I can't wait to get more into it. I think we only like played it for 10 minutes. Like Bandersnatch. Yeah. But for video games. You know, I'm going to go. Yeah, we played for 10 minutes. I'm going to go. We're going to start from the beginning. But yeah, we're going to record us uh, playing it. You can watch it. Uh, it'll be on uh, Twitter. Uh, Twitter, Twitch, Twitch, Twitch. And then later it'll be on our YouTube account. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. I can't wait to um, post more videos on Spotify. Sorry, I can't wait to post more, more podcasts on Spotify. Uh, and Apple Music or Apple Podcasts. Yeah, Google Podcasts. Actually, yeah. it is. I think technically it is on Apple Music. Okay. Like if you go but, to iTunes. But yes, yeah. uh, follow us on that. And if you're willing and able to, leave us a review. It does actually help us out. 
Yes, it does. Uh, the more you review, uh, the more people see the podcast. The better the podcast gets with the more reviews. That's like, yeah, and we. You know, that's all we want is we want to put out the best content for what viewers we do have and what viewers will be coming to us in the future. Yeah, like right now it's a bi-weekly podcast, you know, because I'm not complaining or nor am I uh, asking for handouts. But if you like this and you think it's good, uh, give us reviews. Donate uh, to our Patreon. Yes, we also have a Patreon. And just don't know. Just don't know. Everything just don't know. Um, so give um, if you give us money, then we can uh, quit our horrible, soul-crushing jobs and focus more on the podcast and release the episodes weekly because that's definitely the dream like we'd love to do two episodes a week or something eventually, yeah yeah so. yeah eventually we we would like to get that and we have a couple other ideas for like different podcasts that we'd like to get started too so yeah like i had one idea for podcasts for like i blindfold jess and i defecate in four different bowls over the course of three weeks and she has to guess Th- strictly through taste and smell, uh, what I ate. No. And how long no. the, uh, the he's been sitting in the bowl? No. Just don't. Just don't. No extreme. No. He's disgusting. All right, All right guys. Till next time. Uh, I'm Kyle. And I'm Jess.